The United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now the United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free, no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join today. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. Hello and welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I'm Dean Linky. Delighted to be with each and every one of you and delighted to be working every week with the good folks at the United Soccer Coaches. Love the fact that they try to stay current, stay relevant every single week. Love the work that Kurt Austin and Ashley Goodrich do under Sean Chevro and Lynn Burling Manuel and Rob Kehoe and Jeff Van Dusen and Ian Barker and the whole gang. And this weekend, the United Soccer Leagues start their playoffs. The USL Cup is the all ultimate goal and I'm so pleased to put the spotlight on the USL this week man they got 16 phenomenal teams vying for the USL Cup some familiar names over the years in soccer some new names getting it done and we'll kick off the show with Gordon Bengston who is a big time executive with the United Soccer Leagues and then we'll have one of their big time coaches Darren Powell who is the head coach for San Antonio FC he's also the technical director it's the spotlight on USL coming up in just a little bit. Also a busy time for college soccer, of course, at all levels. I want to remind everybody to go to the United Soccer Coaches, check out the rankings, D1, D2, D3, junior college, NAIA, every level. They've got it covered, and we are gearing up as well for conference tournament time and the NCAA tournaments, and we'll pick up college soccer later on right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. A new feature we're going to bring to you the rest of the college season at the D1 level is Rob Key Kehoe's key games. Of course, Rob Kehoe, a regular on our program as the fine director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches. Rob does the research and breaks down the top five men's games at the D1 level to attend each week and the top five women games. So let's get right to it. On the men, the Big Ten, Indiana and Wisconsin, the Badgers fighting for points and a signature win on the road after the 5-4 heartbreak versus Maryland. John Trasco's home to Bloomington. In the A-10, Dayton 3-1-0 versus UMass Austin. Also 3-0-1, Rob Kehoe, homecoming match in Dayton. In the MAC, West Virginia 0-0-2 versus Western Michigan 2-0-0. The Mountaineers trying to pick up three points to slice WMU's lead down to one. In the Ivy League, Dartmouth and Columbia, both 2-0-1 at the top of the Ancient Eight. And in the ACC, Notre Dame 3-2-1 versus John Kerr's Duke Blue Devils 3-3, both trying to get to the conference top tier, although it is unlikely that anyone will catch Wake Forest for the regular season title. In the women, American Athletic. How about Tiffany roberts Sahadic? She's been a guest on this program. Central Florida 5-0-1 versus UConn 4-2-0. UCF is on the top of the AA, and UConn is trying to climb to second. In the Southern Conference, Sanford versus Furman, both at 7-0-0 with the intent of separating with the game's three points. In the Big 12, Baylor 4-2-1 versus Texas 4-1-2. Both are chasing Oklahoma State at 5-1 in West Virginia. Also at 5-1 for the top spot. In the Conference USA, O-Dominion 4-1-2 versus Rice 7-0-0. A surprise team of the year with ODU hoping to pull the Owls back toward the pack. And in the Big East, Butler 3-0-3 versus Georgetown at 4-1-1 at 12 and 13 points respectively. Each is looking to seize the three points with Providence at 12 and Xavier at 11 as far as points. Also still in the Big East hunt. How about Rob Kehoe? Does he break it down or what? And how about the USL? They're Playoffs 
Qatar this weekend, the pursuit of the USL Cup. And we kick off the show next with Gordon Benson, a big-time executive with the USL, and then later on, Darren Powell, the head coach of San Antonio FC. It's all coming to you after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help their customers save time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and as promised, the spotlight, pretty much the entire show will be on the United Soccer Leagues. What a year it's been for the USL. Phenomenal. And we're pleased to be joined by Gordon Benston, who's the Vice President of Competition and Technical Development for the USL. Gordon, delighted to be with you. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Dean. Well, it's uh, a great time because it has indeed been an incredible year for the USL, and I can't wait to get that. But right now, right here, the playoffs start this weekend, and we like to be relevant. We like to be current on this show. So let's first talk playoffs. What's going on this weekend for the USL? Break it down. Spend as much time as uh, you need to, Gordon, so you can tell all 30,000-plus members what's happening. Yeah, it's really been a record year for the league on, on so many fronts, Dean, but you know, we're we're all really looking forward to a fiercely competitive postseason culminating with the USL Cup final. Um, both of the the top the top seeds in both conferences kick off the postseason on Friday night with Louisville City FC hosting Bethlehem Steel at 7:30, and then Real Monarchs host Sacramento Republic at 10 p.m. on Friday night. Um, you know, it's been a an incredibly competitive year, uh, probably the most competitive we've had in, in recent memory. Uh, I believe there's 70% of all the matches have been decided by one goal or less. And so really this organic level of parity in both conferences across 30 weeks has set up uh, a really nice postseason. <coughs> um, you know, out in the West, the, the regular season champion Monarchs uh, again play uh, host the Sacramento Republic. The Monarchs are, are looking to become the, the third consecutive team to complete the double with New York Red Bulls and Rochester both achieving that feat in 2016 and 2015, respectively. Uh, kind of circling back to the <clears throat> to the East, Tampa Bay and Cincinnati is probably the, the marquee first-round matchup in the East. Uh, well, you know, battle-tested Charleston Battery are hosting the 2016 USL champion New York Red Bulls 2 in a playoff rematch. Also going on up in Rochester with the Independ- Charlotte Independents looking to avenge their uh, loss 3-1 to from... Uh, at the hands of the Rhinos in the playoffs last season. So uh, there's plenty of, of tasty storylines uh, in the East, and of course, you know, shifting uh, back out west, we have San Antonio, uh, and Toyota Field should be an electric atmosphere. As, you know, head coach Darren Powell and his team take on a, a rebuilt Tulsa Roughnecks uh, and David Rodrules team over there. And then really the, the hottest team probably in the league right now is Oklahoma City Energy FC. Uh, they're coming off of four straight wins, which really vaulted them up the Western Conference, and they'll try and contain Reno 1868, uh, high-powered, high-flying offense behind Golden Boot winner Dan Kelly and assist champion uh, rookie Chris Weehan. And then, of course, they have uh, a dynamic playmaker in Antoine Hoppeneau uh, as well. Uh, another major matchup out West is the reigning Western Conference champions, uh, of course, Swope Park Rangers. Uh, they're going to be hosting a, a surging Phoenix F- Phoenix Rising FC and Didier Drogba. So that's uh, a pretty big one, too. So, 
As you can see, the, the matchups even in this, this first round are, are very exciting um, and should lead to a, uh, a thrilling postseason for us to, to kind of cap off a, a record year. Gordon, phenomenal breakdown on the 2017 USL Cup playoffs that begin this weekend. And it's so fascinating for someone like me who's been around the game for so long and truly enjoyed my time when the Carolina Railhawks were in the USL to still hear names like the Tampa Bay Rowdies and the Rochester Rhinos and the Charleston Battery and then some of these new and exciting teams like you talked about with Phoenix as well. I mean, the, it just feels like, and of course, FC Cincinnati. I mean, it feels like your league is so relevant. You guys have made soccer at all levels relevant yeah it's uh you know it's a really a, a testament to the work that our clubs put in day in and day out and, and you know it's probably highlighted by the fact that we've had over two million fans come through the the turnstiles this season making it the, the highest attended uh, in the league's history of course and, and a first for any second division in north america and you know you have to tip your cap to fc cincinnati and what they do out there and you know averaging twenty thousand fans a game um, you know, really since, since 2011, uh, the league averages attendance has grown uh, year on year at about 36%. So we're, we're just really thrilled to see that continued growth from our clubs their support, and, and, you know, primarily their, their supporters. Um, you know, I think we had seven uh, of our USL clubs draw more than 100,000 fans this season, which is double the number of clubs that reached that mark in 2016. So you really just got to, you know, tip your cap to, to the work the clubs are putting in there and what they're really building in their markets is, is a unique soccer uh, culture and, and supporters uh, atmosphere at their venues. So, uh, yeah, we're, cer we're certainly very excited about that and, you know, look forward to, to continuing that momentum uh, again into the postseason and then for the foreseeable future 2018 and beyond. So when someone says to you, Gordon, how is Cincinnati doing it or Sacramento and some of these other clubs that are having, you know, mind-blowing attendances, when they say, how are they doing it, what's your answer? You know, it's a, it's a culmination or a combination of things, I suppose. Um, you know, we feel that a, a key element to our success and part of our strategic plan is having outstanding an ex outstanding group of world-class owners. Um, you know, Carl Linder there in, in Cincinnati is uh, been able to, to galvanize that market through you know the leadership of Jeff Birding and, and some fantastic play, um, both on the field in USL competition and US Open Cup competition with uh, the run they made this year. I think you know those experienced sports ownership groups that have you know a, a tie to the local community um, has really been fundamental to, to part of our success. And then of course you know the the investment being made by the the clubs to to really put. You know the the product in, in a beautiful and wonderful venue, such as you know Nipper Stadium and um, you know RGB down in HEB Park and a number of other uh, organizations that are you know making sure that they get the venues right. I think that's a big part of creating such a dynamic and um, you know fantastic soccer atmosphere. Is you know these individuals who are connected to their local communities and, and building something special there, both literally with the, the venues and then, of course, uh, you know, within the, the atmosphere and the supporters groups. Here with Gordon Bengtson of the USL, talking all things USL. And for anybody living under a rock, and I think there are less and less people that to love soccer that are indeed living under a rock, but some people still maybe associate very small people, uh, the USL, with the old ownership group and Francisco Marcos. That's gone now. There's new people leading it inspirational people, highly motivated people. Again, it's your floor. Tell us about the key leaders of the USL right now. 
Yeah, we're, we're privileged to, to have a, a great culture here at uh, the headquarters here in Tampa, and that was obviously uh, spearheaded by Alec Papadakis, our CEO, who is uh, you know, really set the course for this for this league and you know our company in multiple leagues here that we run out of these headquarters for for some time now. Alex served on U.S. Soccer's board of directors for for some time and has really taken a, a, an incredible approach to uh, you know setting the the course on, and moving things forward for both the U.S.L. and our other properties here um, in a sustainable and ethical fashion, uh, and it's been. Uh, just truly a privilege to, to work with him. And then, you know, Jake Edwards, uh, the USL president, is one of uh, the most uh, inspiring sports executives I've ever come in contact with. And, you know, really uh, is, you know, the one behind setting our, our long-term vision and strategic plan and executing it and helping our owners understand, uh, you know, the, the nature of the ever-evolving soccer landscape, um, you know, on the professional side. So. It, those two have been critical to our success, and of course, we can talk about you know previous uh, previous people here at the the USL that have you know played a major role, but none bigger than, than Alec Papadakis and, and what he's done for the game. Um, you know, even beyond the USL is is such an honor to to work alongside. With the spotlight as bright as it can be on the USL right now with the playoffs starting, I get the sense that it's going to get brighter, that the growth is even going to be bigger and better. What can you tell us about growth plans for next year and perhaps beyond? Yeah, you know, looking ahead, we're, we're really excited to, to welcome some, some new faces and new clubs to, to the league next year. Uh, three new teams at the moment, Las Vegas Lights FC, Fresno FC out in California and Nashville FC. You know, Las Vegas and Fresno are going to strengthen our presence in, in the West and help create more regional rivalries that have been you know, really the, the hallmark of our league success and what we've been able to, to build on. Um, you know, Nashville has proven to be you know, such a strong soccer market in the South and will help you know, kind of improve that footprint in the Southeast. You know, they, they put on a, a tremendous uh, number of events there, whether it's you know the the men's national team playing there, and, and so we're we're really excited uh, about what we have coming in the league for next year, and then you know moving to 2019, Birmingham, Alabama, and Austin, Texas have already announced their their intent to participate in the USL in 2019, and you know, of course we expect to to continue growing the game and make uh, some further expansion announcements in the coming weeks and months as the league continues to to hopefully lead the, the next phase of growth in uh, professional soccer across uh, North America. But, you know, there will, will come a point uh, where we do uh, kind of cease expansion, and, uh, you know, that'll, uh, that'll be an exciting day for all of us. But, um, you know, we're, we think we're, we're going to continue building on, uh, you know, our strategy from years previous and build those regional rivalries. And so that way we can kind of uh, facilitate some more supporters going and supporting their teams, even on away games. And you know, to be able to, to do that and have such passionate supporters and team executives and clubs and uh, coaches and players uh, is, is an exciting venture. And, you know, we, we hope you guys uh, aren't looking past uh, the postseason. You know, I, I think we have a, a major show, uh, showcase piece on November 13th with our USL Cup final being on ESPNU. Um, and hopefully by that time we'll have some more exciting announcements coming down the road. So stay tuned. 
Uh, that sounds great. You're hearing the voice of Gordon Bengtson, Vice President, Competition and Technical Development for USL. Kind enough to lead us off here. Darren Powell, who Gordon, as a perfect segue man would do, already told you that he's coming up as well. The fine head coach out in San Antonio. Looking forward to spending time with Darren Powell as well. All right. One of the things that uh, we talked about earlier when I said, you know, I feel like the USL on many points has received just as much attention as Major League Soccer. Well, here's the thing. The USL has also done a great job of shaping teams to get to that next level. How is your league and the leaders of the league viewing that role as they elevate clubs to the highest level? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Dean. And, you know, it's, it's part of where we, we are in the landscape, you know, sitting in, in Division Two professional soccer. We've always prided ourselves on being an aspirational league. Um, providing opportunities to, to players, uh, to coaches, to executives, and, and to your point, even clubs to kind of you know fulfill their long-term goals. Uh, you know, we're extremely proud of the the fact that we've had teams like you know Portland, Vancouver, Montreal, Orlando, Seattle, just to name a few, kind of make the jump from the USL and, and been able to really thrive in, in the MLS after being members of the USL. Um, you know, I think that's something we should we should definitely be excited um, that. You know, one of our one or more of our current clubs could make a, a similar jump. Um, you know, I think if that that happens, that doesn't diminish what we're doing. I think it further validates, uh, you know, our our goals both on the field and off the field of creating sustainable, passionate, uh, you know, club structures that are here to stay for the long time uh, for the long term. I think it 100% validates it indeed. And you, I mean, all those clubs you named right there are, are, you know, hallmark clubs as well at the next level. And they wouldn't have been able to get there without the incredible support and the work they did at the USL. That's the highest level. What about uh, some other layers of USL with you having the floor here today that you can tell us about updates on the other levels of the United Soccer Leagues? Yeah, so as everybody knows, we, we've made our intentions clear that we uh, intend to, to launch a Division Three in 2019. I mean, you know, with a, a country the size of ours, there's so many great markets across the U.S. that, you know, we feel deserve professional soccer. And, and you know, to, to be able to bring professional soccer in the future, um, I think will only help better serve the, the overall landscape and you know hopefully create strong infrastructure for the sport uh, overall and long term. Uh, we have our uh, Vice President of Division 3, Stephen Short, working hard on uh, the Division 3 plan and you know, how that fits within the landscape and of course you know, we continue to see growth at the, the Premier Development League, the PDL level um, and you know we do also operate uh, a youth league called the Super Y League, which is a, a supplemental summer league to, to some of what the, the clubs are doing competitively there and the youth ranks. And, you know, of course, uh, to my point earlier, we're, we're not here, you know, to, to continue growing uh, professional teams. We're here to help build professional clubs that are going to be sustainable across the long term. And a, a big part of that, of course, Dean, is building the structure underneath the first team. So. Uh, that's a that's a big part of what you know I'm tasked with here is helping our clubs, you know, figure out what the best structures and models are, whether that's academies or reserve teams or PDL teams. Um, so we're we're doing everything we can in our power to to make sure that those clubs are are aware of what opportunities will be uh, coming down the line and, and certainly what will best serve them in uh, sort of the the big picture uh, sustainable uh, structures that we're trying to build in these markets. So. Uh, D3 is coming soon. We're, we're excited about that. We've uh, got a, a host of executives here, about 50 in the office here, that are dedicated to 
um, you know, in 19 different departments or so, looking to, to serve those Division Two clubs, the PDL clubs, the Super Wiley clubs, and, and soon to be the Division Three clubs. Here with Gordon Bengtson, Vice President of Competition and Technical Development for the USL. And you kind of touched around it. Uh, as you know, I've been the 11-year voice of North Carolina FC, formerly the Carolina Railhawks. And a lot of news right now about the NASL as well. And I know USL and NASL are two different uh, pathways. But as you're looking at uh, what they're doing, how much attention are you paying to, to those clubs? I would I would think quite a bit. Yeah, you know, we uh, we certainly in tune with what's going on in the landscape. It's an important part of, of what we do. But, you know, Dean, we're, we're really focused on building our clubs and continuing to, to pump all of our resources and attention into uh, into those groups that, you know, uh, have invested in us and we're invested in them. So, you know, really all we try to do is focus on, on those groups and continue building them. Finally, with the playoffs looming, where are we for USL with their big announcements, Coach of the Year, MVP? Have you made those? Will you make those later on? And, and who are some of the front runners for some of those big awards? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And uh, a big part of, of what we're excited about this year is the, the level of talent, both you know, between the lines and those individuals operating and uh, working in the, the technical areas there on the sidelines. So uh, we know a couple of awards already. The, the Golden Boot winner is Dane Kelly out of uh, Reno 1868. Um, you know, the Golden Gloves champion is Tomas Gomez, uh, Gomez, excuse me, in, uh, in Rochester there. And the, um, uh, the assist champion came out of, of Reno 1868 too. Uh, they scored a, a whole bunch of goals, so naturally their their high flying uh, offense is uh, going to be well decorated this year. Uh, Chris Weehan, who's a who's a rookie, uh, was the assist champion there. So uh, MVP and Coach of the Year and all those accolades will be coming uh, you know, towards the back end of the season there. But there's no shortage of, of talent to choose from. Um, it, it's hard to to overlook what. You know, David Vaudrill uh, and Darren Powell have done for their franchises. Ian Russell in, in 18, Reno 1868 coming in uh, as an expansion uh, expansion club and, and really doing some great things there. Uh, out in the east, you know, it's uh, hard to, to argue against James O'Connor and what he's been able to build uh, in Louisville City, uh, making the conference final the last two years and obviously securing the, the number one seed um, in this year's uh, Eastern Conference. and. Yeah, Mark Briggs, uh, what he's been able to do with Real Monarchs and winning the, the Supporter Shield and regular season champion uh, Real Monarchs group there is tremendous too from a coaching perspective. I think that's one of the most exciting things to see is you know the the level of talent on, on the field, of course, with the players, but also you know a lot of great minds, uh, you know, prowling the, the sidelines there um, and, and you know kind of. Uh, making a difference for their teams uh, from a coaching perspective too. So um, there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of talent on display through these uh, through these playoffs. So we're we're excited to see how it plays out. And uh, again, there's no shortage of, of uh, individuals to choose from from these accolades. It's uh, going to be a tough uh, a tough voting process. And you know you, you could argue that a lot of these uh, players uh, could be MVPs in any league you know you think about a uh, Chandler Hoffman in Real Monarchs Enzo Martinez uh, Dane Kelly Marcel Schaefer down here in, in Tampa what he's done Sebastian Velasquez out in, um, in Real you know with Real Monarchs and Chandler Hoffman there 
it's going to be uh, some tough choices for the fans and technical staff, but it's uh, going to be a fun one to, to watch play out for sure. Yeah, and those are big-time names that you're right. Could definitely be playing uh, at any level as well in this country. That's well said. And it's all leading up to the USL Cup, and uh, I know you said it already, but one more opportunity to tell everybody when that final is going to be, where they can find it on TV. I'm going to be watching. Tell us again. Yeah, it's going to be uh, on ESPNU this year, Monday night, November 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you tune in there. It should be a great broadcast. We'll have um, you know Mike Watts on the call, uh, Julie Stewart-Binks on the, on the sidelines there, and I'm sure there will be plenty of other uh, uh, guests along the way and, and certainly no shortage of fireworks on the field. So make sure you tune in and uh, enjoy the, what we'll – Certainly, gonna certainly is going to be a, a tremendous USL Cup final this year. Finally, Gordon, you're here on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I don't think there's a better group to unify every faction of soccer, from youth to high school to professional. You name it, the United Soccer Coaches has always done it, and you guys are usually around the convention as well. They do a pretty good job, right, of bringing everybody together. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, long-time member and a, and a huge believer in United Soccer Coaches' mission. We love what the, the whole group is doing up there, and we'll, we'll certainly look forward to, to seeing everybody and anybody at the, the convention this year. Gordon Bengtson, Vice President, Competition and Technical Development. A great season for USL. The playoffs are coming. The growth, amazing. The crowds, the players, you name it. I love it and love having you on. Looking forward to Darren Powell coming up next. Gordon, well done. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Dean. Appreciate all you do for the game. Take care. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Dean Linky, delighted to be with you as we put the spotlight, the entire spotlight on the USL. And why not? Playoffs are this weekend. The attendance has been off the charts. The league has been as exciting as it can possibly be. Big-time players, big-time coaches. One of those big-time coaches is my main man, Darren Powell, who, by the way, when we used to do the NSCAA TV show from the Dean Dome, Darren Powell was a regular, so it's great to have him here. That was when he was at Elon. He is the head coach and the technical director for San Antonio FC, one of the best teams in the USL. They play their first game of the playoffs Saturday against Tulsa and David Valdrell. And, of course, uh, Darren Powell, great success at Elon and then was part of Orlando City their birth, in fact, before heading out to San Antonio. His trail has been amazing, and he joins me now. Darren, great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean, and uh, good to reconnect here. Yeah, you know, I, I loved uh, when you were at Elon, obviously, living in Chapel Hill. You were just down the road, and I love that university. You were there from 2005 to 2014, and, man, you were getting it done. You were getting it done so much that people were looking at you. They came calling. Talk about that decision before we get to your, what you're doing right now in San Antonio, including Saturday's game. That was a big decision, right? It was not a small decision to leave Elon and go to Orlando City. No, it was a, it was a big decision. It was a big decision um, from a professional standpoint as well as a personal standpoint because my family have been in North Carolina uh, for many years. My wife's family still lives in North Carolina. My daughter is currently at NC State and playing 
for the women's team. So, so North Carolina was very special for our family as, as well. So it was a big decision from a personal and professional. Professional, it was, it was hard to leave Elon in the collegiate game. Um, I had many good years at Elon and, and with the collegiate game, but I was at that point in a career where I was looking for seeking that new challenge and that new opportunity and fortunately got that with Orlando City as the uh, academy director and took up that opportunity along with Jeff McAllier, who was at Chapel Hill at the time. We both went down and uh, spent a couple of good years with the Orlando City group and then this opportunity in San Antonio FC um, arose and all all tough decisions um, but ones that um, you know I was very fortunate to, to, to have that opportunity and to make those decisions. Okay, so one more question on Orlando as uh, you watched uh, Adrian Heath go to work and build that. Uh, what do you remember most and what did you learn the most from your time there? I think, you know, you're always learning, you're always uh, observing and, uh, and while you're working. So what was very good was Adrian was very open um, and was able to observe first-team practices every day and be around that environment. Um, and see the, the you know the the evolution of, of the style of play for for Orlando City, and then also learn and and, and watch what it would be, would be to work with professionals on a daily basis. And that's sort of the lessons I learned during that time. But also the main job there was to develop players and um, you know work with the the players each evening um, with a you know with a pathway and create a pathway. For young players that can play with Orlando City in the academy as a 12-year-old, as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, so on, but that pathway all the way through to the first team. And, um, Adrian was very a big proponent of that, and that was something that was, uh, you know, for us was heading in the right direction. And then for myself, I had the opportunity to combine being the first team manager and be the um, you know, technical director of the club to start an academy in San Antonio. So that was an opportunity I certainly jumped on. Okay, so it's interesting, too, because uh, we just had Gordon Bengtson, who uh, during his interview said great things about you and why not. The job you've done out there is amazing. But, you know, he was talking about the new leadership of USL and how it's changed the dynamic, the landscape of soccer at this level. However, it was uh, one of the oldies, right, with USL. Tim Holt that I think played a key role in bringing you out to San Antonio, right? Yeah, Tim and I were, were together in Orlando and then um, you know, reunited in San Antonio and he's been um, such a, a positive help and uh, you know, a good mentor and guide, guided me along this process and a big, big supporter of what we do. And I can't speak highly enough for Tim Holt. So when you took the job, though, I mean, did you already have this tremendous faith that, man, this league is real and legit? I mean, I hope you'll be honest with me and say I knew it was legit and and I knew the market in San Antonio. They got that great stadium. But, I mean, Darren, the crowds at your place in in Cincinnati, at Sacramento, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, you know, you take the opportunity out. The ownership group in San Antonio FC is the Spurs Sports and Entertainment. And, you know, when they put their mind to something, you know, their first class, you know, their organization is recognized in, in sports as being one of the top sports franchise um, every year by ESPN. So when you have an ownership as powerful as that and obviously the tradition that the, the Spurs um, have in the NBA and then their experience with, with, you know, minor league franchise, for me it was, you know, that was a big... Um, Raw because now you're, you're working for 
a bigger organisation that has a plan that wants to really invest in soccer and, and, and take soccer to the next level. And, you know, hopefully one day we can put San Antonio FC into the MLS as part of the ambition of the ownership group. So, it's, it, 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 you know, did, did we think it would work out this quickly and, and, and how it has gone? You know, you always, you, you can never really predict that, you know, two years ago, but you felt very confident, um, you know, comfortable going into a, a massive organization that knows sports very, very well. So talk about uh, your time there so far um, and what makes this team so special. And is it a team good enough to win the 2017 USL Cup? Yeah, it's, um, you know, the time, you know, last year, it, it, we had to put a roster together in a very short space of time. And the players that came in did a wonderful job. They worked hard every day and we came within one game of making the playoffs. Um, you know, that became a driving force in the off-season. Uh, we wanted to make sure we progressed the team this year, make the team better and more competitive and, uh, you know, try to secure that playoff bid. We're fortunate to do that in, I think, the middle of September. We earned that playoff berth. So this group of players, again, you know, we're looking for the next challenge and that was to secure a home, home field in the playoffs. And uh, we managed to do that last week. So... You know, we're looking forward to, to hosting our first game, which will be the first playoff game in the history of San Antonio FC this Saturday against the Tulsa Roughnecks. And, you know, you probably know me well enough that we'll take one game at a time and, um, you know, prepare our team correctly uh, to go in there and, uh, and do the best they can in the first game with the expectation that we can, uh, you know, keep advancing in this tournament. Uh, 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 you know, to the to the championship, but we never look past the the, the next game because um, that's the most important one on on the schedule right now. I know it takes an entire team, right? But uh, who are some players that have stood out this year on your march to the playoffs? Yeah, I think one of the big factors this year is um, you know defensively the way we set up. We we've been very solid defensively all year. Um, I think we've we've allowed the least amount of goals in in, in the in the league, in the USL. So we take a lot of pride in that, and that becomes a collective defensive uh, unit um, from back to front. But you know, some of the some of the performers in there, the you know the, the back four, um, they've done a, a, a tremendous job. Goalkeeper Diego Restrepo's done well. Um, I think he's got the most clean sheets in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And then the back four: Sebastian Ibiaga, Stephen McCarthy. Um, probably some names you know from the from the North Carolina college days, and then Greg Cochran, Ben Noonan um, have done particularly well. But you know, it goes throughout the team. Um, you know, from from back to front, uh, Billy Forbes has, has scored some goals for us this year. But we've had some additions recently: Ever Guzman and, and Omar Golden have come in well. Chris Turpak's done well, and then you know, I can't really single out individuals because it really has been a, a collective performance um, you know, with the attacking players and the defending players and then obviously the midfielders. Well, we've got an Ibiaga at North Carolina FC that's uh, done pretty well uh, as well and certainly enjoyed calling their games uh, when they were both at Duke, so that's fantastic And as you've got that connection there as well. what uh, What's the formula for winning a USL Cup in your mind? Uh, you talked about defense. I mean, what's what's got to go right to get through this incredible field? That's, that's a great 
great question. So maybe you can ask me that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, you know for us, I think yeah, you have to you have to set yourself up um, both sides of the ball and and make sure that you know it, the, the players can can execute in the moments that they have, both defensively and then when we're, when we're attacking. So create opportunities um, against the opposition and, and then hopefully the players can execute in that moment. And then defensively, just make sure we're very organised and um, you know, each player knows his role and responsibility. Darren Powell, technical director, head coach, San Antonio FC. They play Tulsa on the road to the USL Cup 2017 style. Lastly, Darren, usually see you uh, roaming around the United Soccer Coaches Convention as well. Not sure if you'll be there, but I do know you know the value of the organization having been a, a longtime member as a collegiate coach. Yeah, I've been a longtime member. Not sure this year what, what the schedule is yet. Um, we'll probably put the off-season schedule together once once we've uh, finished this run in here. Um, but you know, always um, you know, fond memories of the of the convention. Get to obviously reacquaint with uh, lots of people um, and lots of colleagues that I've known throughout the years that have all been very supportive and very helpful. And um, it's great to to catch up. With, with those colleagues at, at, at such a great event. I finally uh, felt like I was in the house that Darren Powell built. I actually finally got to call after all my years of calling college soccer a game at Elon this year for the ACC Network. I called North Carolina Providence, and uh, boy, it was a beautiful setting, beautiful school. And I'm not going to lie, Darren Powell, I thought about you being over there as well. And you said uh, your daughter's playing at NC State, so I know you miss uh, North Carolina. But bigger things, better things for you out in San Antonio. That's fantastic. Listen, good luck against Tulsa. Always great to spend time with you. Congratulations on all your success, Coach. Thanks again for having me, Dean, and uh, you know, keep up the good work and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. That's Darren Powell, head coach of San Antonio FC. He's also their technical director there in the playoffs that begin this weekend for the USL. Also want to thank Gordon Benson, one of the big-time executives with the USL for kicking off the show. Coming up next, we got Robin Hart, another fantastic member of United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30, and she is the first-year head coach of Menlo College women's soccer team out in Northern California. N-A-I-A. You'll enjoy my time with Robin Hart coming up next. Want 15 extra hours each week? Team Snap can help give it to you. Their customers save tons of time every week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. The United Soccer Coaches Podcast rolling on here, dedicating the spotlight to the United Soccer Leagues. But as always, we also dedicate plenty of time to another member of our incredible United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. That's 30 people, 15 men, 15 women under the age of 30, making a big difference around their passion and love of the game. And we got another superstar today. She's another head coach. That's right, another head coach under the age of 30. It's amazing. Talking about Robin Hart, who is the head coach at Menlo out in California, a fantastic NAIA school, the Menlo College women's soccer team. Robin Hart with us now. Robin, thanks for being with us. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now, Robin, uh, today's show dedicating uh, the spotlight to the United Soccer Leagues, which has been amazing. Not too far from you, Sacramento. And we understand that uh, you got your job because of a unique tie-in to the United Soccer League. So let's start with that. Yeah. So our our men's coach um, got an assistant coaching job uh, at Reno 1868. He was with the affiliate, um, the Burlingame Dragons head coach. 
uh, while he was also at Menlo College. Um, he took the job over at uh, Reno. Our men's uh, position was open. Our women's coach slid over, and then I, I took the women's job. <laughs> there you go. So we, we were able to make that connection. So thanks for yeah. <laughs> for making that happen. All right, so here you go. Your first season as a head coach and also the first time you applied to the United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30. So that makes this year a memorable one for sure. But uh, first talk about uh, your decision to go ahead and try to be a part of this great 30 under 30 program. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a part of United Soccer Coaches in some way through my coaching education. I think I, I really, my first real um, coaching course was through them. And, and from that, I, I gained a lot of mentorship from some of those instructors. And I, I've been um, looking at doing it for quite some time because of that mentorship program. Um, and I've, I finally pulled the trigger on it uh, after talking to a couple people that have done it. Now, when you pulled the trigger, I'm assuming you already had uh, received the job at Menlo. Is that right? Give us the timetable there. Oh, it was it was right back to back. I honestly can't remember what the timetable was. I, I think I had just got the job at Menlo College, and and then I got the 30 under 30 just right after that, maybe a month apart. Well, if you've listened to any of the interviews, and I'm not sure if you have because you also have a beautiful two-year-old daughter as well, so I'm assuming that takes uh, quite a bit of your time, but uh, let's uh, get to know you a little bit. Uh, you're from California. You played collegiately. You grew up, I think, around the San Francisco area. You were at Cal State Bakersfield for a couple years and then San Francisco State. I see here that you led the team in goals one year and points and led the Gators to a 12-7-3 record and an appearance in the CCA championship. But talk about uh, growing up. Was it always soccer, soccer, soccer or what was your story growing up Robin before you went to play college yeah I, I'd say my first love was basketball but I quickly found soccer after that I, I mean I played everything when I was when I was little um, you know roller hockey baseball basketball you know the whole the whole lot there um, but quickly found soccer and um, and and just kept going with soccer throughout that and kind of dropped everything else competitively Okay, and when did you know that uh, you were good enough to play at the college level? Was it junior year, senior year? When uh, when did that uh, light go on? Uh, I think that light really went on when I got to college. In some ways, where I was never quite sure how you know how good I was if I was good enough to play. Um, it was probably my junior year in high school that I, I I had an inkling that I could do it. But once I got to college and it's really settled in, is when I you know I, I gained my confidence in, in my level of play. And why the decision to do two years in Bakersfield and then the transfer? Yeah, no, I, I in my recruiting process, I, I absolutely fell in love with um, the coach out in Bakersfield, and there was a couple transitions during my time there. I have nothing but the best memories at Bakersfield, and, and um, you know, it was just the right time to, to get back home and, and go live back at home at San Francisco State. Okay, and we talked about uh, that great year you had as well. So just like I asked you, when did you know that you could play at the college level? When did you know you wanted to coach at the college level? That's, a, that's an interesting one. I, I, I always blame. I don't blame. That's the wrong word. I always say that I was tripped into coaching, and I, I think I was in some regards. Um, you know, I was looking for one of those, I called them my real jobs um, before, and, and I – I got coached um, by one person for, you know, a hot, not even a full semester in college was a, a volunteer assistant, and he asked me to be his assistant and his club team. And, you know, one thing led to another, and sure enough, I was coaching club and, and you know, one of those real full-time jobs. And soon enough, it was I was coaching three club teams and I had a full-time job, and 
Um, you know, I was just itching to get to the field every day. So quickly I, I decided to find a way to make coaching a, a reality and make that my real full-time job. So um, it was probably four or five years into into that when I decided to, to make the, the trip into college. Okay, so you're an assistant coach uh, at the Division Two level, and you told me that uh, before we went on the air that uh, you were a finalist a couple opportunities. What was the difference this time in this head coaching opportunity at Menlo College out in California? Yeah, you know, it was. I think the, the biggest piece to all of it it was, it was the right fit. Um, you know, we lined up really well, and it was something I wasn't necessarily searching. Um, I was in a really good spot at Sonoma State Division II program. We had been in the top 25. Um, fine, you know, in the last last bit there, and we we're really competing and pushing the edge to to make it further in the national tournament. So I really wasn't looking for that next piece necessarily. I had a really good thing going, um, and I think that's when I, you know, it's always when you're not looking for something when it comes calling in, and it was just the right fit with Menlo College, and you know, it's right next to my hometown. I, I'm from San Francisco, and it's it's right there, and my family, and you know, now that I have a daughter, it, it really felt like home there. And tell us about the the level of play, particularly since uh, you played at Cal State Bakersfield and San Francisco State. Tell us about NAIA women's soccer. Yeah, I didn't have a great notion of what NAIA was and what the level was before I took this job. Um, We're in the the GSAC conference, and it's one of the the top NAIA conferences. Right now we've got three teams in the top 12 um, in in the nation. And it is right up there. Um, I mean... We scrimmaged a couple of Division Two teams, for example. We we beat them um, early on, and you know I think the level is, you know, Division One, Two, Three. I think you can have exceptional teams across the board, no matter what level it is. Um, so I think we're right up there. It's super competitive. People still don't understand what NAI is. They're just and they think it's just the, the worst soccer out there. But but there's by no means the worst soccer, and there's some excellent. Teams, um, you know, teams in our conference, you know, play Division One, Twos, you know, Threes throughout the year and, and compete with all of them. You're hearing the head coach of the Menlo College women's soccer team, Robin Hart, and a member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. Okay, Menlo College, I understand, is right in the heart of some big-time women's soccer programs. When you think about Dr. Jerry Smith at Santa Clara and the Stanford women, tell us exactly where Menlo College is. Yeah, it's about 30, 40 minutes south of San Francisco and about 10 minutes from, from Stanford. I mean, 10 minutes is probably um, too generous, too. It's, it's like two miles from Stanford. So it's, it's right in the heart of things, right next to Facebook, right next to Google, um, really in the heart of Silicon Valley. So, obviously, uh, very smart people around. And I understand you're pretty smart as well. You were part of the ESPN, the magazine, Academic All District in your collegiate days. And I think you might still be working on a Master's of Arts in Coaching and Athletic Administration, or maybe you already have that already. Yeah, I, I just finished it. I actually just got my diploma in the mail about two weeks ago. So, <laughs> that's all done now. <laughs> Wait, so just check them off. I mean, all these great things are happening to you. And I'm guessing when you went through the interview process, you had just a baby, right? I mean, your daughter was one at the time, two now. What about that? Yeah, yeah no, it's um, it's been a, a whirlwind of a year, really, um, with everything that's happened. Uh, I couldn't be more grateful for everything that's, that's come my way recently. So Sawyer's two years old, right? Uh, tell us uh, how much joy she brings you, Robin. Yeah, I, I, 
people, you know, parents, I would hear parents say it all the time, and I'd think, okay, yeah, you guys, you know, kids are great and whatnot, but it's really indescribable of what, uh, what a... A baby and a young, you know, young child can bring to your life the joys, and it puts everything in perspective, really, particularly in coaching, right? You think of things in a, in a different way um, as, as a coach now that you're a parent. Robin Hart, a parent, a head coach, and a member of the 30 Under 30 program, and the head coach, as I said, at Menlo College Women's Soccer in Northern California. And Robin, great things are happening to you. I think they're going to continue. Thanks uh, for spending some time with us this week. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robin Hart. Appreciate you very much. Also want to thank the United Soccer League's big-time executive, Gordon Begson, and Darren Powell, the technical director and head coach for San Antonio FC, who are one of 16 teams in the USL playoffs as they march to the USL Cup 2017 style. Congratulations to the United Soccer Leagues on an incredible year. And thanks to all the great folks at the United Soccer Coaches as well. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel, right here, the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I'm Dean Linke. Have a great week, everybody. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more.